Hello everyone. In this class, we'll try to learn about chemical regulation of respiration. Chemical control of breathing. It is mainly controlled by H plus ions, partial pressure of carbon dioxide, and ox partial pressure of oxygen, as we know. The hydrogen ion concentration and respiratory gas composition of the arterial blood profoundly influence respiration. In general, breathing activities are directly related to PCO2. H plus ion and inversely related to arterial blood PO2. The two sets of receptors that detect these chemical changes in blood are peripheral and central chemoreceptors. Hypoxia, hypercapnia, and acidosis stimulate respiration that in turn raise PO2, lower PCO2, and raise pH. Responses to carbon dioxide and blood pH depend mainly on the central chemoreceptors that are located in the brainstem and response to hypoxia depend mainly on the peripheral chemoreceptors that are located in carotid and aortic bodies. Peripheral chemoreceptors Peripheral chemoreceptors are located in the carotid and aortic bodies. They respond to changes in PO2, PCO2 and pH in arterial blood. However, they are more sensitive to decrease in the arterial PO2 that is hypoxia and they also sense increase in PCO2 and reduced pH. Carotid and aortic bodies send signals to the dorsal respiratory group of neurons in medulla to increase ventilation. Carotid bodies. Functions of carotid bodies as chemoreceptors were first uh, reported by Cornell Hamans for which he got Nobel Prize in, in Physiology in 1938. Carotid bodies, very small chemosensitive organs having width of about 2 mm and weight about 2 mg. They are located in the bifurcations of common carotid arteries near the base of the skull on both sides. Afferent nerves from the carotid bodies travel to the brainstem in the hypoglossal nerves. So here the location of the carotid bodies which contains uh, chemoreceptors and here is the location of carotid sinus where you have baroreceptors. Two special features of carotid bodies are they receive usually high blood flow which is highest in the body per unit weight of tissue. The body flow is about 2 liter per 100 gram of tissue per minute which is approximately 40 times the blood flow to the brain. They have high metabolic rate which is about 3 times greater than that of brain. Due to the greater blood flow, the carotid bodies easily detect minor changes in PO2, PCO2 and pH of blood. However, in spite of greater metabolism, the composition of PO2, PCO2 and pH in the carotid body is virtually same as that of arterial blood due to their much higher blood flow. Cell types. Carotid bodies consist of uh, two types of cells, type 1 and type 2. These are surrounded by fenestrated sinusoidal capillaries. Type 1 cells are chemosensitive uh, cells in carotid body. They are also called as glomus cells. Glomus cells are uh, spherical in shape and have the diameter of about uh, 10 microns, micrometers. They are neuroectodermal origin 
and structurally resemble chromaffin cells of adrenal medulla and neurons of the peripheral nervous system. They contain voltage-gated ion channels on their membrane and mini granules in their cytoplasm containing catecholamines that is norepinephrine, dopamine and substance P, meta-encephaline and acetylcholine. These chemical substances, especially catecholamines, uh, are released from the glomus cells in response to hypoxia. So this is the histology uh, of the carotid uh, body. You can note the glomus cells, type 1 cells and supported by the type 2 cells which are seen in blue color. It also closely sur surrounded by fenestrated capillaries. Dopamine is released by glomus cells act on D2 receptors. Present on the membrane of ninth nerve ending and triggers the action potential in carotid sinus nerve. The close contact of fenestrated capillaries with glomus cell helps the cell to easily monitor the changes in the gases in the arterial blood. Type 2 cells are called as sustentacular cells, they are supporting cells. They surround the clusters of glomus cells. They are supporting cells of glomus as the glial cells support neurons in the brain. Aortic body is located along the ascending aorta and arch of aorta. They are innervated by the vagal afferents. Also contains, they also contain glomus cells similar to that of carotid body. However, the responses of aortic chemoreceptor to stimuli are somewhat different from carotid chemoreceptors. Also, aortic chemoreceptors are relatively less effective than the carotid receptors in the regulation of respiration. The chemoreceptors response to hypoxia, hypercapnia and acidosis. It is interesting to note that the mechanism of chemoreceptor stimulation is different from mechanism of sensory transduction as described in the sensory system in neurophysiology. The sensor of chemical stimuli in the glomus cell which responds to all three chemical changes uh, in the blood. The final pathway of mechanism for three stimuli is also same in which inhibition of potassium channel results in depolarization of indu induced opening of voltage-gated calcium channels that in turn releases neurotransmitter and causes stimulation of afferent fibers. However, the mechanism that causes inhibition of potassium channel by each stimulus is different. Hypoxia is the major stimulus for activation of peripheral chemoreceptors. With the normal pH and PCO2 increase in uh, PO2 above normal range does not have significant effect on breathing. But decrease in PO2 less than 100 mm of Hg results in progressive increase in the firing rate of afferent nerves that increases ventilation. However, the change in the ventilation to alteration alveolar PO2 is not linear. The response becomes prominent when alveolar PO2 falls below 80 mm of Hg. The response is most effective at PO2 less than 60 mm Hg. Below this level, ventilatory response curve is steep and almost linear. Okay. So you can see when alveolar PO2 decreases less than uh, 100, there is an increase in the traffic in the afferent nerves. Okay. So then after uh, 
after that it's steeply uh, the rate of discharge is going to steep, steeply increase so this is ventilator response to i mean decrease in the alveolar po2 okay, up to 60 mmhg i mean there is no much response but after uh, the po2 level falls less than 60 there is a marked raise in the ventilation mechanism of less rise in ventilation when po2 falls 100 to 60 mmhg in hypoxia hemoglobin is less saturated with oxygen oxyhemoglobin is stronger acid than hemoglobin thus with the fall in the arterial po2 the h plus of the arterial blood falls due to less saturation of hemoglobin with oxygen the fall in the h plus ions inhibit respiration increased ventilation due to hypoxia decreases pco2 that in turn inhibits ventilation therefore unless hypoxia is strong enough to overcome the inhibitory effect of the decrease h plus and pco2 in the arterial blood on ventilation its effect on ventilation is not prominent when po2 is less than 16 hg hypoxia drives uh, hypoxia drive becomes strong enough to override the inhibitory effects its significance the response of peripheral chemoreceptor to oxygen depends on partial pressure of uh, oxygen that is alveolar and not the oxygen content therefore in anemia or carbon monoxide poisoning the two condition that exhibit reduced oxygen content but has a normal uh, pao2 which i mean have a little effect on the ventilation response curve the mechanism hypoxia inhibits potassium channels the accumulation of the potassium in the glomus cell results in depolarization that activates voltage gated calcium channels increased calcium influx causes neurotransmitter secretion that stimulates the afferent nerve and it lead it will lead to increased ventilation okay so this is the mechanism by which uh, the hypoxia uh, increases ventilation it's mainly by loss of uh, oxygen from heme containing protein they increases the uh, cyclic amp levels and also they are going to increase nadp oxidase level in turn all these factors they are going to inhibit the potassium channels so there is a decreased potassium efflux which causes the depolarization of the glomus cells and uh, depolarization uh, stimulate the voltage gated calcium channels there is influx of calcium so there will be calcium mediated uh, release of neurotransmitter that increases the rate of discharge from the ninth cranial nerve so has a stimulatory effect on ventilation uh, the inhibition of potassium channel by hypoxia occurs by three possible mechanism as we discussed the oxygen sensor in the glomus cell is a heme containing protein which closely associated with potassium channel this protein is normally bound to oxygen in hypoxia the heme containing protein loses its o2 which leads to inhibition of potassium channels hypoxia increases cyclic amp levels in the glomus cells increased intracellular cyclic amp inhibits cyclic amp sensitive potassium channels the hypoxia inhibits mitochondrial 
uh, NADPH oxidase in the glomus cells, NADPH oxidase is essential for reduction of glutathione. This increases the ratio of reduced glutathione to oxidized glutathione which directly inhibits potassium channels. So this is mechanism how uh, where hypoxia will lead to the uh, the inhibition of the potassium channels so the potassium gets accumulated in the cell uh, accumulated in the cell and that leads to depolarization the depolarization will help in the opening of the voltage gated calcium channels so entry of calcium it degranulates the uh, uh, neurotransmitter contain, containing granules and this neurotransmitter uh, acts on the postsynaptic membrane uh, and that leads to production of action potential. Effect of change in the alveolar PCO2 at, lo at lower level of alveolar uh, carbon dioxide that is 37 mmHg no stimulation no stimulation of ventilation occurs by hypoxia until alveolar PO2 is less than 60 mmHg and below this the response curve is steep and linear with progressive decrease in PO2. At higher level of alveolar uh, PCO2 that is up to 49 mmHg, an inverse relationship is observed between ventilation and alveolar PO2 in which decrease in PO2 proportionately increases the ventilatory response and increase in PO2 linearly decreases the ventilate, ventilatory response. So this is the effect of decreased alveolar PO2 from 49 to 37 mmHg. Uh, the ventilatory response uh, is obviously going to decrease with uh, a decrease in uh, carbon dioxide levels. The rate of discharge of carotid and aortic chemoreceptors increases linearly with PaCO2. This directly increases the ventilatory response to carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is produced by metabolisms. Increase in PaCO2 stimulates peripheral chemoreceptors by increasing carbon dioxide in the glomus cells. In fact, H plus formed from H2 bicarbonic acid in the glomus cells is the actual stimulus rather than the molecular carbon dioxide. Effect of PaCO2 on ventilation is mediated uh, up to 40% by peripheral chemoreceptors. It should be noted that the hypoxia affects ventilation mainly via peripheral chemoreceptors, whereas hypercapnia affects ventilation mainly by the central chemoreceptors. The effect of carbon dioxide on ventilation is studied by inhaling gas mixture containing carbon dioxide. Increase in the alveolar PCO2 increases the arterial uh, PCO2 that stimulates ventilation. Hyperventilation removes carbon dioxide from blood and decreases the alveolar PCO2. However, alveolar PCO2 does not become normal and remains elevated. Therefore, stimulation of ventilation continues till the individual continues to inhale carbon dioxide gas mixture. Increase in the alveolar PCO2 has almost a linear relationship uh, with uh, increase in the ventilation. Effect of high carbon dioxide in the air. When carbon dioxide content in of the atmospheric air is high, that is uh, 
the carbon dioxide content of inspired air is more than 7%, PCO2 of the alveolar air and arterial blood increase abruptly. Elimination of the carbon dioxide from the body becomes ineffective in this condition and carbon dioxide accumulates in the blood. With hypercapnia causes CNS depression, initially there will be headache and confusion which fast leads to coma. The condition is called as carbon dioxide narcosis. The increase in the PSCO2 increases the entry of carbon dioxide in the glomus cells. Carbon dioxide forms H plus in the cell which results in the decrease in the intracellular pH. Increased cytosolic protons block potassium channels and inhibits potassium efflux. This causes depolarization of the cell which causes opening of the voltage gated calcium channels. Calcium influx leads to increased cytosolic calcium and calcium mediated neurotransmitter release and leads to increased traffic in the ninth nerve. With the decrease in alveolar PO2, the slope of the curve increases and shifts to the left. That means hypoxia increases the sensitivity of ventilatory response to hypoxia. Okay. So in this diagram, I mean, you can uh, understand that uh, with the with a higher PO2, uh, the ventilation is less and with uh, lower PO2, ventilation is more. Okay. So that is how, I mean, the, uh, the, the hypoxia, presence of hypoxia, it increases the sensitivity uh, to the carbon dioxide and it is going to increase the ventilation. The peripheral chemoreceptors are sensitive to change in the arterial pH. Acidosis alone stimulates ventilation in the absence of hypoxia or hypercapnia as uh, occurs in metabolic acidosis. Acidosis also increases the sensitivity of uh, chemoreceptors to PaCO2. Acidosis inhibits acid excluding transporters like sodium potassium exchanger. This results in increased intracellular load and uh, that increase uh, proton uh, it is going to inhibit the potassium channels poisons that inhibit metabolic respiratory chain like cyanide strongly stimulate the peripheral chemoreceptors following the blood pressure below 60 mmHg or without change in the pao2 stimulate chemoreceptor activity this effect is mediated more through aortic bodies Afferent impulses from chemoreceptors interact with neural inputs of other reflexes like lung stretch reflex, baroreceptor reflex uh, that especially help uh, in the regulation of cardiorespiratory functions. Coming to the central chemoreceptors, central chemoreceptors are located as bilaterally paired cells uh, uh, groups just below the surface of the ventrolateral medulla immediately caudal to the pontomedullary junction. Therefore, they are also called as medullary chemoreceptors or chemosensitive areas. On each side, the cell groups are divided into rostral, intermediate and caudal chemosensitive zones. The three areas were described by the three physiologists that is rostral area by Mitchell, intermediated by Schafke and caudal area by Loschke. The medullary chemosensitive neurons respond to change in the H plus ions 
of the surrounding interstitial fluid. It should be noted that the cerebral interstitial fluid H plus concentration is the function of uh, PCO2 in the cerebral arterial blood and the bicarbonate concentration of the cerebrospinal fluid. Recently it has been discovered that chemosensitive neurons are also located in uh, and around the brainstem nuclei which such as nucleus tractus solitarius, nucleus ambiguous and nucleus ceruleus of hypothalamus. Cerebrospinal fluid is essentially uh, protein free. Phosphate concentration of CSF is less than that of plasma level. Whereas CSF bicarbonate concentration is almost same as that of plasma. Therefore bicarbonate serves as a main buffer in CSF. The change in H plus concentration of blood poorly reflected in CSF as uh, H plus penetrates very slowly into the brain. However, the molecular carbon dioxide diffuses readily into CSF. The carbon dioxide that enters the CSF immediately hydrated to form bicarbonic acid. Bicarbonic acid dissociated into, uh, into H plus and HCO3 minus ions. Thus, blood I mean, blood PCO2 influence the pH of the CSF. In fact, concentration of H plus in the interstitial fluid in the brain parallels with the PCO2 levels in the arterial blood. The concentration of H plus in CSF stimulates central chemoreceptors that increase the respiration and the magnitude of stimulation is proportional to its concentration. The role of pH of CSF, the pH of the CSF is 7.3 which is slightly less than that of blood. It is primarily determined by the bicarbonate content and the level of PCO2 in the CSF. Therefore, the change in the CSF pH occurs less than the change of the pH of plasma in metabolic acid-base disturbances. Whereas in respiratory acid-base disturbances, the change in the CSF pH is same as that of blood. This is because in the metabolic disturbances, the CSF bicarbonate uh, change is about 40% of the change of that occurs in the blood and in respiratory disturbances, CSF bicarbonate change is same as that in blood. So this is the diagram showing the central chemoreceptors uh, where they become uh, sensitive to H plus ions. Okay. So since H plus ions, they cannot penetrate to the blood-brain barrier, uh, the carbon dioxide diffuses uh, in the CSF that get converts into bicarbonic acid uh, that further splits into H plus ions and bicarbonic acid, the H plus ion, they're going to stimulate the chemosensitive zone. The integrated responses of hypoxia, hypercapnia and acidosis. Hypoxia is usually associated with hypercapnia and acidosis. Moreover, the effect are mediated by simultaneous activation of peripheral and central chemoreceptors. The ventilatory response to hypercapnia is more in the presence of hypoxia and the degree of increase in the ventilation varies with the degree of hypoxia. Similarly, the ventilatory response to hypoxia increases in the presence of hypercapnia. Due to this interdependence, the subsequent increased ventilation blunts the response to hypoxia. Uh, 
unless PaCO2 is held uh, constant as PaCO2 decreases due to the increased ventilation. The low PaCO2 blunts the response to hypoxia mainly by affecting the central chemoreceptors. The best example is hypoxic response to high altitude. Hyperventilation occurs due to the hypoxic stimulation of the peripheral chemoreceptors. Subsequently, increased in the pH, uh, I mean, as it occurs in respiratory alkalosis created by hyperventilation, allows the hypoxic stimulation to be less effective. Also, H plus uh, effects on carbon dioxide response in attitude in attitude in nature. The carbon dioxide response curve shifts to the left with the decrease in the pH as the chemoreceptor sensitivity increases. About 40% of the response to carbon dioxide is abolished if, uh, if the decrease in the arterial pH by carbon dioxide is prevented to occur. The interaction between the chemoreceptors to hypoxia, hypercapnia and acidosis is best studied in metabolic and respiratory acidosis. Metabolic acidosis is caused due to accumulation of non-volatile uh, acids like lactic acid, keto acid. In the initial phase, hyperventilation occurs by stimulation of the peripheral chemoreceptors by H plus ions. As penetration of H plus ions into CSF is poor, the fall in the pH does not stimulate the central chemoreceptors directly. Hyperventilation effect brought by the peripheral chemoreceptors decrease PaCO2 that in turn results in compensatory alkalosis. Due to the decreased PaCO2, the pH of CSF increases. So this paradoxical rise in CSF pH as a result of uh, reduced PaCO2 actually restrains hyperventilation. In the later phase, if the acidosis uh, it persists for days, CSF bicarbonate concentration is adjusted downward and ultimately the ventilation increases further due to stimulation of the central chemoreceptors as paradoxical alkalosis of CSF is eliminated. Thus, profound hyperventilation occurs in metabolic acidosis, for example, uh, Kusma's breathing as it is seen in diabetic ketoacidosis. The respiratory acidosis occurs due to accumulation of the carbon dioxide. Respiratory acidosis occurs commonly in chronic obstructive lung diseases like emphysema, asthma or due to failure of respiratory apparatus to ensure adequate uh, gas exchange like muscle weakness that is uh, in case of myopathies and neuropathies or due to failure of respiratory centers to respond to carbon dioxide as it occurs during anesthesia and following brain injury. In such conditions, in acute phase, the response is an acute increase in minute ventilation, in minute ventilation proportional to the rise in PSEO2. If hypercapnia continues for more days, acute severe hyperventilation subsides due to the compensatory increase in CSF bicarbonate. This increases pH of CSF, which shifts the response to the uh, response curve to the right side. So this results in decrease in ventilation, that is central adaptation. Therefore, in chronic lung diseases, in spite of persistent hypercapnia, the central chemoreceptor drive for ventilation is less. However, the drive for ventilation in such condition is maintained via hypoxia stimulating peripheral chemoreceptors. 
in such patients hypoxic component alone is corrected by administering oxygen the hypoxic stimulus for ventilation will be lost that may result in greater hyperventilation this results in further hypercapnia and severe acidosis therefore a more appropriate treatment in such cases is to provide mechanical assistance for restoring adequate ventilation hormonal control of respiration many hormones influence respiration female gonadal hormones especially progesterone stimulate ventilation therefore during pregnancy and secretory phase of menstrual cycle ventilation is considerably more progesterone is believed to be uh, believed to stimulate the medullary respiratory centers progesterone also increases the body temperature that stimulates ventilation thyroxine cortisol and catecholamines also influence respiration non chemical control of regulation including reflux that are originating from the lungs airways and the airways and chest wall reflexes arising from upper uh, airways and lung provide feedback for the fine tuning uh, of breathing and protect the lungs from environmental insults the receptors are uh, in the lung airway chest wall the mechanoreceptors and the chemoreceptors that responds to changes in the blood ph and gas tensions receptors for respiratory reflexes are of three types slowly ad- slowly adapting receptors rapidly adapting receptors and c fiber endings these receptors are mainly innervated by myelinated and unmyelinated fibers uh, in vagus nerve slowly adapting receptors the slowly adapting receptors are located within the smooth muscle of the conducting airways they are sensory terminals of myelinated afferent fibers as they respond to uh, airway stretch and they are also known as pulmonary stretch receptors they discharge in response to increase airway transmural pressure and sense the changes in the lung volume they adapt slowly to the stretch imposed on them when stimulated they inhibit the inspiration and prolonged expiration and this is called as herring brewer reflex this reflex is described by herring and brewer in 1868 uh, who found that lung inflation decreases the tidal volume and increases the uh, inspiratory frequency there are two herring brewer reflexes herring brewer inflation reflex and herring brewer deflation reflex herring brewer inflation reflex uh, study increase in the lung volume that is lung infla- inflation results in increase in duration of expiration marked inflation of the lungs with sustained pressure may even abruptly terminate inspiration uh, in progress in addition to the prolongation of expiration in herring brewer deflation reflex marked def- deflation of the lung results in decrease in the duration of expiration as described above the receptors are slowly adapting stretch receptors in lung parenchyma and uh, airways and afferent and different pathways are vagus nerve the rapidly adapting receptors are sensory terminals of the myelinated afferent fibers that are found in the larger conducting airways they respond to sudden maintained inflation with rapid increase in firing rate however their firing rate rapidly declines when the volume 
change is sustained the firing rate decreases fast with about 20% decrease in, decrease occurring in the first second they are very sensitive to different chemical stimuli like histamine serotonin bradykinin prostaglandins released locally in response to allergy and inflammation frequently they are called irritant receptors as they respond to irritation of the airways uh, by various noxious substances like smoke dust ammonia etc receptors are also stimulated by acute congestion and inflammation the c fiber endings are the terminals of unmyelinated nerves as they innervate the receptor in the alveoli and conducting airways there there of two types uh, pulmonary c fibers the first category is pulmonary c fibers that located adjacent to alveoli and are accessible from the pulmonary capillary circulation they are also called as juxtapulmonary capillary uh, receptors or j receptors then bronchial c receptors the second the second category these fibers are located in the airways and accessible from the bronchial circulation both the categories of receptors are stimulated by lung injury marked inflammation acute pulmonary vascular congestion and certain chemical agents chest wall proprioceptors provide information about the chest movement and muscle tension especially when the breathing is effortful intercostal muscles contain plenty of muscle spindles that uh, are rare in the diaphragm these muscle spindles adjust breathing by controlling feedback motor neuron activities chest wall proprioceptors also play important role in the perception of breathing effort other proprioceptors like uh, joint movements both active and passive stimulate respiration impulses from ascending fibers in sensory pathways from proprioceptors in the muscle tendon joint ligament uh, descend fibers to the thalamus and give collaterals to brain stem respiratory centers therefore increased activity in these ascending pathways stimulates the respiration this is one of the mechanism uh, for hyperventilation that occurs during exercise the receptors from the upper part of the airway especially from the nasopharynx trachea bronchi influence respiration during coughing and sneezing coughing could be voluntary reflex uh, uh, or involuntary phenomenon to clear the irritants from the respiratory tract it occurs with a deep inspiration which is immediately followed by forced expiration against closed glottis the intrapleural pressure Uh, increases to 100 mm of hg or more when glottis uh, opens instant instantaneously causing an explosive outflow of air uh, at a velocity of about 600 miles per hour coughing is in in, in coughing is intact in individuals with uh, transplanted lungs afferents from viscera respiration during swallowing and vomiting respiration is temporarily inhibited and glottis is closed during swallowing and omitting that prevents food particle uh, or omitters to enter in the respiratory tract afferents from viscera and diaphragm mediate these responses hiccup reflexes in respiratory muscles including diaphragm contract spasmodically causing instantaneous uh, inspiration during this process glottis is glottis closes abruptly 
which produces the typical sound associated with hiccup. The physiological significance of hiccup is not known, though it occurs during fetal life and postnatal uh, life. Usually, holding breath from uh, uh, firmly stops the hiccup, but there are uh, intractable hiccups that sometimes respond to centrally acting analgesics and dopamine antagonist. Yawning is a peculiar reflex uh, respiratory act associated with deep inspiration and typical prolonged musical sound which, of, which is often infectious. The exact mechanism and physiological basis of yawning is not known though it is also observed in the fetus, fish, tortoise and mammals. Afferents from baroreceptors. Afferent from baroreceptors located in the carotid sinus, aortic arch, ventricles and atria relay in medullary respiratory centers in addition to their relay in medullary cardiovascular centers. Usually impulses originating from these baroreceptors inhibit respiration which has a temporary and mild effect. Hyperventilation that occurs due to the chemoreceptor stimulation is not baroreceptor mediated. From higher centers, that is limbic system and hypothalamus, terminate in the brainstem respiratory centers. The immediate breathing response responses during pain and emotion. Afferents from neocortex to respiratory motor neurons in the spinal cord mediate voluntary control respiration. These cortical neurons do not terminate on brainstem respiratory centers. Sleep occurs uh, due to the removal of excitatory influence that arise from the brainstem and reticular formation. Reticular activating system has a tonic excitatory drive on medullary respiratory neurons. Therefore, one may expect that sleep would result in uh, general respiratory inhibition. Breathing patterns are different in REM sleep uh, and slow wave sleep. In general, during sleep, as a stimulus of wakefulness is removed, breathing is depressed with the deepening of the sleep and when wakefulness returns, as sleep lightens, breathing is activated by carbon dioxide accumulated during the interval of sleep. This periodic pattern of breathing, if exaggerated, is known as chain stroke breathing, which is I mean, which usually occurs in slow wave sleep. In slow wave sleep, in stages 1 and 2, there is a periodic variation in the depth of, depth of breathing. However, in stage 3 and 4, breathing is slow, deep and regular. In REM sleep, breathing is rapid and irregular. Sleep apnea syndrome. In adults, sleep apnea syndrome, uh, where there is a marked loss of muscle tone of pharyngeal muscles, uh, occur during REM sleep causing obstruction of airways during inspiration. So this produces apnea and is it is called as obstructive sleep apnea. Obesity contributes to the obstructive sleep apnea. The person wakes up and breathes normally for some times and then sleeps again to have another bout of apnea. Thus repeated apnea occurs during sleep. These people develop morning headache and fatigue due to the uh, frequent apnea in the night. Sleeplessness occurs during the day. Uh, it, it leads to day somnolence. Central sleep apnea. In central sleep apnea, primary causes decreased neural output from medullary respiratory centers to the phrenic motor nerves that supply the diaphragm. So this is in brief about uh, the chemical regulation 
of respiration and non-chemical regulation of respiration. Thank you.